Back again, guys. The Trekway, Mr. Gray, Trev. Hello, how you doing? Um, we're almost at the Howdy. end, Gray. We're almost at the it end. Can't be. It's impossible. Yeah, and I'm kind of glad because um, uh, Lord Dex hasn't been great this season. But there's one episode to redeem that spaceship. Yeah, they've had thing. they've had a couple of, of, of really good episodes, but uh, yeah, overall, it just seems like it's not quite there like it was. Uh, you know, the last, I don't know. I'm trying to think of it. Last season for sure. Maybe the season before. I don't know. I'm getting to think that if you take all four seasons of uh, of Lower Decks when it's all done, and you go back and make the greatest hits, you probably come out with ten pretty good episodes. Oh yeah, that isn't a yeah. problem. But you wouldn't get many, if any, from this season. That's the downside. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, maybe one or two. But the point is, you probably could put together a good ten out of. Well, forty episodes, right? Yeah, you could. Yeah, that's yeah. not a good ratio for Star Trek, but to be honest, but hey, you know, we need more. Um, so yeah, and that's it's... what we're, and that's what we can do when this season's over. We can go back, and that's going to be a tough one. It'll take time to pick out the ten, but you know, hey. But we're so professional here on the Trekway that uh, we know the exact dimensions of Gray's picture because it says at the bottom left. Yeah, I, know. I have yet to. It's killing my OCD, man. It's killing my OCD. I know. I keep forgetting and, to and edit it out. And you could trim it out a little bit because look, look at to the right of the Cerritos. There's a little bit of wiggle room there, so you don't ruin that. Yeah, I know, I know. But I like <laughs> anyway. to leave it there. Drive me crazy. <laughs> I know he does. Um, yeah, sorry. So Star Trek Lord Dex season four, episode nine, the inner fight. Um, this episode was slightly longer than usual. You probably noticed that, Greg, because it was setting up, which is. Well, it's definitely a cliffhanger for next week. Um, hopefully, it doesn't well, end it this season. Could have been worse. It could have been a cliff. It could have been a cliffhanger for next season. And at the rate they're going, they might not produce no, the season the, for a long. Time. No, that's what I'm saying. Well, next episode, episode ten, could be uh, that, and I hope it isn't because no, 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 no. I mean, we don't know if there's a fifth season well, yet or not. So, exactly uh, right. Um, I um, think they know that that the show's probably only has a life of four or five seasons. So, you know, it's not like it's not like a. a uh, you know, like Homer Simpson of the Simpsons, where it goes on for thirty-two years. <laughs> That's not happening. Uh, yeah, the viewing figures will go down eventually, and then yeah. stop making it. Um, right. Okay. So we'll, we'll we'll kick off here. There's plenty of content because, like I say, it was it was closer to half an hour this episode. Um, this is very Mariner centric episode. This one, which I don't mind because I like Mariner. Yeah. Um, they are on uh, another away mission. Of course, they are. Um, and there's a, a bit of a scare. Uh, they've got these nasty-looking bug things. They'd put some comedy into this, of naturally yeah. Lord X style. That literally, if, if they if they bite you, they'll they'll, they'll kill you. Like the like venomous little things that destroy you. Um, they make your eyes bug out. They yeah. said <laughs> you don't see that thankfully, but it happens. Yeah. 
Boimler, Marner, and Tevin are uh, doing their thing. Uh, in fact, I think uh, Tendere was was there as well. Which she is certainly later on. Yeah. Um, but we notice um, Marner recently. And uh, Joanna, I know something great. I didn't actually notice this as much until this episode, until they pointed it out, because I thought Mar- Mariner was always a little bit nuts anyway in Gung Ho, but she mm-hmm. is literally, at the start of this episode, going a bit nuts as well. The force field round this research facility that they're on fails, and the bugs start going for everyone. But Mariner's like, no, it's fine, let's... I'll go and save the day, and she runs out to where the force field generator thing is and repairs it, kicking these bugs away, and just being a, a, the, the a thing hero. The uh, <laughs> thing that was funnier, though, is they had, they are all getting in their suits so they can be protected from the bug bites, but she doesn't wear one. She does, and goes she right out care. into the open. She doesn't like, care, hey. man. She's, uh, she's got no fear, uh, which is Mariner and uh, uh, a normal day, to be fair. So this is why I didn't really see the going off the rails thing at this stage gray uh yeah, but, but yeah. if you think if you think about it we did a review i don't know how far we back did. i think it was at least three episodes four episodes and you and i kind of touched on it but we weren't really being 100 percent serious but you and i were both touched on it and said something like is she like got some got kind of death wish, wish thing yeah. going on here and little do we know that that's pretty much what's going on kinda or, she does know. yeah she kind of does um yeah but she does save the day uh, no surprises there she gets the force road up just in time um, and then we start learning a little bit more of what's going on with Mariner. She has been going off the rails ever since that episode with the Ferengi, when they're on Ferenginar. Uh, and she's literally been get, trying to get herself killed. Uh, Captain Freeman gets the le, lieutenant, le, lieutenant? What's a lieutenant? Lieutenant Most junior grades. It's a special grade yes. of lieutenant. That's uh, right. Lieutenant Junior Grades, she gets them into uh, like a ready room. I'm thinking they're in trouble at this time because it's it's them. Uh, but she's just concerned about what's going on with my daughter. You're our friends. What the hell is going on? Why she got a death wish? As Gray just said, um, and then I found out amusing Gray that she she was she mentioned something about uh, she tried to fight what she thought was Borg recently but it turned out it was space debris (laughs) (laughs) exactly like a pile of junk and she goes after it yeah right there it tells you she's little she's like definitely got some screws loose so yeah just a lot I kind of mentioned that as as we come up here I mean they this is the part I don't understand I'm having a problem this season you you and I both have the same problem um, of the of what we have coined cartoon logic Mm -hmm. um where you know sometimes the cartoon that's your logic, saying, so, but I agree. I agree with you. No, I understand. I, I'll take full credit. That's great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, cartoon logic is is okay on some things in in lower decks, but they try to straddle the 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 difference or the balance between cartoon logic, maybe real logic, maybe something in between. Yeah. And it re- I think it really is throwing the the balance of the show off, especially this season. Um. Yeah. So I'm sitting there thinking about it, right? Okay, so you realize now that Mariner's been doing this for some time now. So if she has a screw loose and you've been noticing this and the mom knows it, I mean, first of all, the mom noticing it should be enough right there. But I guarantee under relatively normal con- uh, conditions, she would have been 
notice sooner. They even mention at one point that the I forget his name, the bird uh, psychologist uh, or whatever, Doctor Miglimo. Miglimo, yeah, whatever. And yeah. they mention something about that she's been to see him, and it doesn't hasn't done any good. Okay, so now you're saying you knew something was wrong. She's been seeing Meglamu, you know, but they keep her on duty, even though she's a danger to herself. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good point. How is yeah. that? How is that even close close to being possible? Cartoon and they go, logic. yeah, cartoon logic once it again. Has and I'm to like, like, but I mean, you know, this is getting ridiculous now. It's like a crutch, you know. Oh, let's do this because you Great. know we can get away with it. They would do that. Logic. They would do that in a normal episode of non-animation, normal Star Trek. They would do something like that, special in modern Trek. They would do something like that and not explain it. Whereas, obviously, Terry Metalis, for the most part, puts in the quick one-liner to explain when something right exactly gone awry. So, so what we're saying is that Lower Decks is is suffering from the same disease as some of the other Star Trek shows, where they either don't write the reason or they just <clears throat> blow it off as cartoon logic and then get away with it. I don't have a problem with some cartoon logic because it is a it is a, 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 a comedy, I guess, after all. But it's getting to really be ridiculous now. They just do stuff and just, just totally, you know, cartoon logic, write it off. Like, that's just too much, man. Is it is it Kurtzman? That, is it a Kurtzman show? Alex Kurtzman show, this one? I mean, originally, yeah. So I guess that's okay, maybe part of the reason. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The less we say about that, the better. I hate that man. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay, so very relevant point, actually, I thought, Greg. Uh, there has, new intel has arised, finally. We're getting somewhere with this mysterious ship that's wrecking things. Um, it's been wrecking, stroke beaming them up. We find out kind of slowly, but surely, what's going on with that. Um, uh, it's th- this same ship or entity or person behind it is now targeting ex-Starfleet personnel. And there's a couple of, there's like obviously the A plot and there's the B plot, and the Cerritos, Cerritos's job is to find these people and escort them back. But their particular person they're going to be looking after is, <clears throat> and we'll get to that in a moment, is a guy called Lacarno, right? And there is mm-hmm. more to him. He's popped up before, but they come up with the names on the screen. And that, this is this is the the bit I love about. This was comical, but more in the surreal way that you knew these people would never come on the show or probably right. not come on the show. They can't afford it, uh, but they're going to tease you with it anyway. Uh, and it comes up the screen. There's like four people or something, five people. Yeah, four names. Four, seven of nine. Beverly Crusher, <clears throat> Thomas Riker, who, yes, that's a very good... I hope, I hope that was not for my benefit, Gray, and for the people's benefit. Yes, Will's doppelganger. Who I love. Right. Brilliant. That episode where he steals the Defiant on Deep Space Nine. Mwah. And again, why is it great? Because the Defiant's in it. I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> there he is. He's sick of it. Look, it's fine. It's, it's, the best Wait, starship ever logic. existed. The cartoon best starship. Um, <laughs> cartoon logic. Oh, animated <laughs> Defiant. No, we did see that. Um, so well, they did make mention when they talked to the, the, the these names. You know, they're going. You know, they're instantly thinking like, "Wow, we're going to be." We're gonna escort, you know, seven of nine and Beverly Crushman. And they go, No, no, we're take we're just going after Nick, the the Enterprise or whatever oh. they said is going to get the other ones and they're like, Oh, oh man. <laughs> I was in the See now that that's where lower deck shines when they do certain things like that. Yeah. 
that that's there's that's one of some of the strong points <laughs> that and the really great uh, one-liners and of course dr cat because he's she's the best you know so but but there wasn't enough of the enough of that stuff in this episode but we'll we'll move on so t- tell us about locarno then greg he is actually a person from the next generation you found yeah that. i i this was kind of funny because i just I, for some reason i just was wondering like did they make this name up or because they were name dropping is it a, is it a real person i don't i don't recall any of this and i'm sitting there going like okay so i go look it up and sure enough apparently there was an episode called the, the first duty uh the next generation season five episode 19. so to give you a quickie picard has to deliver the news to dr crusher that her son wesley's uh wesley's nova squadron has had an accident during the saturn maneuvers in which his teammate josh albert was killed the official investigation is he is part he is part of soon discovers that nicholas lacarno's team is trying to cover up what really happened Eventually, Picard arrives and informs Wesley that Locarno has been expelled. Wesley thinks they should have all been expelled, and Picard tells them they are—they very nearly were, but were saved when Locarno took full responsibility for the incident and the cover-up to keep everyone else safe in Starfleet. So there's the, the Locarno. It's the same Locarno that is apparently popping up in Lower Decks. Now, how he gets into this position... You got me. I don't know if it's the <laughs> same. I don't know if it's the same character that voices him because you do hear him later on. Um, yeah, that I don't know. But but it but it doesn't even make sense to me now that I've actually read that to everybody. I, I'm like, wait a minute. So what what so what happened? This guy just went off the deep end. He wasn't a villain to begin with, and now all of a sudden he's become some well, kind of super we, villain. We, we don't know. He's, we still don't know he's actually a villain until the end of the like, next week's episode. They may be. This well, is the whole point of paying off the the ship wrecking things and beaming things up and whatnot. Because there may be something that we go, okay, wow, thank you. That was worth waiting ten weeks for. Uh, <laughs> we don't know, but I have my opinion about that. But we'll do say that later. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, so when when we're going through those four names, obviously we're going to get. Obviously, I, I there was a small part of me that was hoping we would get seven and nine because. Jerry Ryan, oh yeah, just, it would have been cool yes. to see a little uh, something. But. Because, but we've seen Jerry Ryan recently. We've seen, uh, sorry, we've seen uh, Seven of Nine recently. We've seen Beverly Crusher recently. So, uh, and we've seen Riker recently as well. Okay, not well, but I'm uh, sorry, not 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 Tom, but Tom, Tom, that is Tom. Oh yeah, Tom, Thomas. What? <laughs> um, but I'm thinking actually when I'm reading through those names, Gray, that. Ex Starfleet. So yeah. this was the time when she must have joined briefly, but she left and then she was a Fenris Ranger. That's when mm-hmm. Picard picks up. So I was trying to get the timeline correct, right. if that makes sense. Uh, so I was like, Ex Starfleet? Was she ever in Starfleet until Picard season three? Yes, she was briefly. But yeah, mm-hmm. anyway, sorry. Uh, so the what I found amusing here is. The kind of on paper, the cool mission is the Cerritos going to find Lucarno, right, and escort him back yeah. to safety, while the the junior lower grades uh, are going to, well, actually, a couple of them they're going to distract Mariner, and they've got a bit of a crap mission, uh, but they're trying to big it up as being dangerous, and that's to repair um, a weather 
station, uh, relay station, and they have to repair that. It's around this planet that's uh, electrical storms is the best way of describing that grey, I think. Yeah. Like a bit of a hellhole. Yep. You, you it's, yeah. it's not like Riser. You wouldn't want to go there on your holiday. Um, <laughs> and they try to convince her it's dangerous. You know, there's there's electrical storms on this planet and anything could happen. And Mariner's like, oh, yes, great, danger. She's a couple of uh, dilithium crystals short of a warp core, safe to say. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and as they're repairing the station, you see it pans to uh, some Klingons on a bird of prey. You don't know it's a bird of prey initially, but they must be cloaked or sitting far back watching what's going on in this uh, weather station getting repaired. And I'm like, oh, Klingons, yes. And there's going to be a bird of prey and give me that any day of the week. Um the bird of prey decloaks as they go back into their shuttle and literally, you know, destroys the shuttlecraft into smithereens, but they manage to emergency beam out of the shuttle and the emergency beam out takes them to the next, beams them out to the safest available place close by. If there isn't a planet, they're screwed. <laughs> there happens exactly. to be a planet. Walking around in space. Yeah, beamed into space, ah, you're dead in 15 seconds. Um, but no, maybe a minute. A minute, yeah, but you'd be, you, you'd, you'd, uh, you'd lose consciousness, consciousness, consciousness. Yes. <laughs> English is a problem today. It's a massive problem. Um, they, they would, they would just be gone in 15 seconds. They'd be sleeping, and then, yeah, they'd be dead. But the planet's nearby. They're beamed to that planet, um, and then things start to get a little bit interesting. Uh, that... I don't know. I I I think the whole thing was very bizarre. Why was the Klingon shooting at the shuttle? We never get we never get an explanation. Yes, we do. It and you... I can't say just now why because that's spoil the rest of the review. We do at the very end. All right. So maybe I didn't they're catch in, on they're, that. They're, one. they're in cahoots with someone. Um, okay. So yeah, uh, they they beam out just in a nick of time. They're safe. The ship that's beaming everything up and capturing everyone. It seems to be that at least the personnel, because the ships disappear as well. It's as if it mm. teleports everything in its, its vicinity up, and that's some technology to do that. I've never seen anything like that in Star Trek. Well, I have, but not from the Federation. Um, right. And it takes everyone and puts it on this planet. So they're all on this planet, and there's different kinds of... that. You, you see everyone that's been beamed up. You see the Romulans. You see the Orions. Uh, who else is in there? You see the Binars. The Klingons are there as well. Cardassians, um, you see. Cardassians. Anyone else? Um, what else? I'm trying to think. There was, I think there was another one or two we're missing. But, mm. yeah, they had, a, they had a quite a few There's several. Romulans and, yeah, other people. Ferengi. Ferengi. Ferengi, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking at this stage, things are getting a little bit interesting, but you're not so convinced, Gray. Nah, it's just, you, I don't you, know. You got, you're getting seems... some answers slowly, but surely they're all on the planet now. I don't know if I'm getting any answers. Yeah, they're on the planet. That's fine. But I don't I don't even know if I agreed with how they got there to be, to begin with. And the way they presented it when the ship, when this strange ship showed up and it vaporized everything, you saw the people getting vaporized. You saw them getting vaporized. And yet, uh, apparently, they're on the planet. Well, so, how does that work? They're obviously, it looks like it, but maybe that's just how the technology works. 
Dude, there was some where these they, they look like they got fried. I mean, come on. Go back and look at some of those episodes. I know, I do, remember, got fried. I do remember. I do remember, yeah. And I'm like, okay, you just would you fry some and transport the others? I, yeah. I don't so know. Like, so like to fry up. Yeah. It's kind of like what you, would, what you and I said before. They're coming to a conclusion, and I just, so far, I'm not impressed with how they're coming along with this. I, I reckon we're going to be disappointed in the last episode. I don't think yeah, it'll I be think awful, so. but I think it'll be another 7 out of 10 or something. That's my thing. Yeah, you're gonna, gonna be going, you're gonna be waiting for this grand payoff, and it's gonna be kind of like. Uh, I'm not saying know. disappointed, but this has been hyped up so much that you're expecting something amazing, and it'll just be yeah. another villain of the week type thing. Right, right. So we're calling it. We're calling it, people. We'll we'll see. Um, but right. uh, no, fair enough. I uh, your logic is um, is on is on point. Is is uh, always great. Uh, your man. Your point. Here, wait. Oh, I have pointed ears. You can't afford that makeup artist. Um, no. I'll just tape them. This. Um, so, your man Shax is back. Yeah. Rutherford and Freeman. They are, he's not, he doesn't have a lot to do in this episode, Shax, in terms of lines and whatnot, which is a shame. But True. Um, Shax, Rutherford and Freeman are on uh, a planet looking for Locarno. Um, and Rutherford's randomly <laughs> this is brilliant this is the kind of stuff you get in this episode that you don't get in any other star trek episode season or series scene and that's he's talking about uh pockets in his trousers he's like ah oh, we could just put something in here and he's and then he puts his hands in his trousers and he's like oh oh captain did you know these things actually have pockets in them and i'm like yes genius lord Dex okay. pointing out the stuff that's important in star trek pockets and trousers or pants is is essential. Where are you going to put your futuristic iPhone? Where are you going to put your uh, wallet? Where are you going to put your keys or your swipe card to get back into your uh, your uh, quarters? Man, if they have to stick stuff in pockets that tight, they're they're gonna have a problem getting getting it out. Let alone trying to <laughs> put put it in. Can you just see it to be going like? <clears throat> That stuff amuses me. I like. I want to find out more about this. Uh, uh, this stuff in Star Trek, like sonic showers and toilets, and these are the stuff that's no one talks about. But Lord Dex, yes, yeah. thank you, Lord Dex, and thank you, Rutherford. Pockets. Um, <coughs> who would have thought? So, I I ask here: Is this the biggest reveal in Star Trek ever, Gray? He doesn't seem very convinced. I think that's probably enough. no. <laughs> that's it's funny, that's, but that's me being not, facetious. You know, people, that's I know, called slapstick. I know. Yeah, just for yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. He he only found it sli- slightly amusing. Maybe I'm just easily amused. People, what can I say? No, I mean, <clears throat> well, but when you're laughing at that, and the rest of it is kind of like, maybe I'm clutching at straws. Yes, this is true. No, you know, it's not really even the clutching. You're looking for the, and rightfully so. We're looking for the funny stuff, but we're just, we're just not getting enough of it. It's just kind of like you know, that's the disappointing part. But anyway, anyway, uh, Freeman. Apparently sucks at trying to get into get into dodgy bars for information because mm-hmm. they are trying to be slightly. I was going to say slightly incognito, but they're wearing Starfleet uniforms the whole time, and we find out why. But they are trying to get information on Lucarno's whereabouts, and on and this bouncer at this club will not let them in. There's a two-hour waiting list, and he lets everyone else in apart from them. He doesn't seem to like Starfleet very much, uh, and he keeps increasing their wait time up more and more and pissing them off. So they have to come up with another plan to try and get more information. Um, 
and it's slowly but surely starts getting interest in this whole bit because initially it was a bit dull the information gathering for Lucarno. I found the stuff on the planet, the electric planet, uh, a lot more interesting. Gray, personally, the the only p- uh, funny part I did like was the fact that they they go to this one area where they where they know they can get black art market information, and the guy who runs the bar is sitting there going, it knows it too, and he's going like, well, you know, we have the best black market information here. You just have to be able to buy it, and they're like, yeah, but True. we can't. Yeah, the cat. And by the way, by the way, we should mention I won't, and we're gonna say something about it later, so I won't spoil it too much. But mm-hmm. there is this one bounty bounty hunter character that we keep seeing every so often. He sounds like the brain, really... but he doesn't look like the brain. Exactly, and he has sense. this you know really scowly looking face thing, and it's like a tough, tough, tough guy or it's whatever like that. Yeah, right, the helmet. And he keeps he walks right by uh, the the people uh, or the uh, Starfleet officers and you know, everybody, and just walks right in. The guy says, yeah, you can come it's in. And then, then you hear the captain going like, why is that? He allowed to go in and we can't go in. And, and he points out, he says, come on, you're wearing your Starfleet uniform. Yeah, it's, it's blatantly <laughs> obvious. <laughs> what do you think we're going to do? Let you in? I mean, you, you find so, out later, it's actually really intelligent what they're doing. It looks dumb as hell, but later on you go, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So, back with the Lieutenant Junior Grades, uh, they... They try. They, they basically confront Mariner about our wildness, um, but naturally, in Mariner fashion, she shrugs it off and, you know, kind of doesn't really agree with what they're saying. Um, right. She agrees to go the long way to the monitoring station in the morning. Uh, she's kind of in a huff with them. She's in a mood. She, her friends are kind of picking on her a little bit, um, and then they're sleeping in this little because they're running away from all the people on the planet are trying to kill them they run into this like tree house is the best way of describing it a massive hole yeah. in a big tree uh and they're all sleeping in this tree um and they're going to go in the morning to this monitor station in the distance because they're going to try and get a communication out to try and get rescued blah blah okay so it sounds like a solid plan so far that's fine however <laughs> as mariner's sneaking out Boimler's dreaming, and you can hear what he's saying in his dreams, and you hear him subtly just say, "Teach me to dance, Beverly Crusher." <laughs> Lord Dex one-liner. See why is there not more yeah. of that? That's funny. That's uh, and that's and that's straight the character on Boimler <laughs> makes sense. You know, and stuff. So that was kind of uh, cute. Honestly, Jack Quaid, I love you, man. You're you're, you're brilliant in the boys, and you're absolutely brilliant in this. You're just yeah, you're meant for those two roles. Um, so yeah, that was comical. Uh, Mariner, of course, gets into trouble. She's uh, nothing was ever going to go smooth going off on her own without her friends, great. And of course. she bumps into a Klingon, but she, her, her eyes almost light up because then she uh, starts a fight with this Klingon, and she's holding her own. You know, she's getting her ass kicked, but she's she's laying the smack down on this Klingon as well and they're having a good square go. Uh, the thing that kind of puts a ceasefire is the best way to describe this to their fight is this planet is lethal. Bits of glass come from the, think of the the biggest hailstorm in the world but then upgrade that to actual shards of glass uh, coming yeah, down from points the on them. Yeah, and the, the, the 
one of them lands in Mariner, one of them lands in a Klingon, they're wounded, so they, they agree to a temporary ceasefire until this glass storm goes past. I'm not visiting mm-hmm. that planet, man, that's how that sucks. Um, Mariner's still wanting to fight even undercover, which I found amusing. She's like, no, oh, that's good. <laughs> Klingon's very logical, though. There's no room to fight in here, you know. We'll wait till it passes and then we'll pick up our uh, confrontation afterwards. He's very Vulcan-esque. Um, but the thing is, because they're stuck in there for a while, Grey, she she kind of has to indirectly open up to the Klingon about what's going on. And it makes sense because this Klingon does not know her. They are enemies at this stage. What's she got to lose about opening up all her feelings to him? Because she may very well kill him afterwards or he may very well kill her afterwards. So right. it was kind of nice. I like this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, we find out some kind of logic although it's not very good reasoning but we find out kind of why she's going off the rails a little bit uh she doesn't like promotions because and this has been going on for a long time the whole season at least her friend a good friend of hers back in the day got a promotion while serving upon the enterprise to which the klingon's ears perked up and i thought he was going to say oh yes i've always wanted to destroy that vessel once that'd be a fine opponent you know but he just says no no i've heard all about its exploits and the famous uss enterprise and her friend on this ship when she got a promotion it put her in in harm's way and uh, and and she ended up getting killed uh while serving aboard the enterprise and Mariner does not want to be the person that if she does get promoted has to... She doesn't worry about her own safety. She doesn't want to have to order any of her other friends into a dangerous situation. So she... she That's why she's been playing up for the whole season, trying to get demoted again. Now, I can agree with your point, Gray. You, you, you can certainly give me your opinion on this as well. I, I ag- agree with you because I'm not a fan... I don't think that's a good enough reason yeah. to be going as bonkers as she is. I mean, the thing is, we we've been seeing this going on slowly through the through the season, and and you could even say that maybe even the season before. So it's something that they've been doing for a while, and then getting. But I just feel they dragged it out way too long, because all you kept you have to be an idiot not to see that something's going on. And we, you and I have mentioned it before. And it just keeps happening, keeps happening, keeps happening. And then finally we get the payoff as to what happened. I, okay, I I kind of understand that. But again, it's like, well, then you should have been mentioning this long ago and got a solution to the problem or whatever and be done with it. Yeah. And yet they just drag it out, drag it out, season after season. And then finally we get the... It's, it's almost like it's anticlimactic in a, in yeah. a way. And it's kind of like, oh, that's it. Well, why couldn't you have said that before? You know, instead of like making it this far. The only thing that I will say is I think the Klingon is the one that, as in the next scene and stuff like that, he's the one who's actually making more sense than, than anybody else. Tell, tell us about it, the next scene, then you may as well carry on and, and continue. Oh, the point. He, she, he was trying to point out to her that she felt that, or that the Klingon felt that, you know, she was doing a disservice to her friend and that she was not honoring her friend. And he would point out, you know, in the Klingon way, uh, you know what that meant, and it then it starts to click. So she, there was like, you, it was getting some good advice from a Klingon, which is kind of, <laughs> you know, ironic. You know, and then I think she even she even went like, you know, like, wow, you know, this is like, 
you see Making it sense and you're a Klingon <laughs> resolving in her head a little bit you know right she couldn't get it from her friends of course and uh, couldn't get it from the psychologist that she saw couldn't get it from all the weird things I, she I can't couldn't, understand that couldn't, point couldn't, couldn't get it from her mother sometimes you can confide yeah. in people you don't know you see that yes, in but, uh, but, every walk of life but technically that should have been the ship psychiatrist and yet they just they yeah, just blow that yeah, one technically. off I think they tried the cartoon logic new. again they tried with the bird and that worked so good. Maybe it was bird bird brain logic. So bird brain logic, yeah. <laughs> um, so as you touched upon there, yes, the Klingon does make her see sense, um, and she feels a lot, a lot better about things a little bit. And uh, Marina returns the favor by giving the Klingon a hug, and he's horrified. She's right. like, what, 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 what are you, what are you doing? No, Klingons do not hug. You know, I found that amusing as hell. You can't do this. Leave me alone. I would rather fight you in combat. Um, kind of reminds me of Worf when he goes, "I am not a merry man." <laughs> <laughs> um, he wants to finish the fight with Mariner. He's wanting to move on from the hug and fi finish the fight and kill her. Uh, but she actually wants to work together. She says, listen, we'll be a lot more successful if we work together uh, to get off this planet. And the Klingon just looks confused as hell, the poor guy. He's like, what is going on here? I was just giving some advice out. I expected to That's kill right. or be killed. And now I'm friends with uh, uh, Starfleet. Um, at least at least <laughs> the Klingon becomes their cheerleader, kind of. <laughs> kind of, yeah, kind of. No. Um, so... Freeman, back with Freeman, uh, Shaxon Rutherford. Freeman's still trying to find out information about the Carno. Um, she manages at this stage to get into the club eventually. Um, and the broker that's got this information that Gray touched upon briefly and is going to elaborate on a moment um, is actually, she thinks he's a puppet. She's like, I've seen this before. Yeah, yeah, very good. Uh, and shakes him for information, like ah, I see your ruse, but he's like, I'll, I'll, I'll put me down. What are you doing? She's like, oh no, you're, you're not a puppet of shit. Now, Grace, <laughs> I thought looking at this, and you, I know you're going to tell me this in a moment. This alien, straight off, looked like one of the aliens from the cage, and I don't think I'm incorrect there, but he is actually something yeah. else as well. Or yeah, you were, you were somewhat correct. Just because the cage had an aliens that did look something like this because back then the they you know everybody making big headed type aliens were the thing right yeah absolutely. but yeah but it wasn't exactly the same and and basically as soon as i saw the character i started laughing because i knew exactly who it was and there was an episode uh in uh, the original trek uh was season one episode 10 it was i remember called corbermite corbermite maneuver which actually was a really good episode yeah uh, where he had a bluff that the fact that he had this Corbinite device and, you know, he had a hope that he wasn't going to get, uh, Kirk and crew wasn't going to get destroyed. In any case, they find out that Balok, when uh, uh, they, they, Balok eventually invited them over to the ship. So as they go over to the ship, they confront or they come up to Balok, which looks exactly like what you saw on Lower Decks, everything. It looked exactly like. But in the original episode, it was a puppet. It was not the real alien, and then yeah. the real alien comes out, and it's seven-year-old Clint Howard, which is Ron Howard's brother. Yeah, that was the that was the guy from. Is that the guy from? Um, oh, it, what was he in recently? Star Trek wise. Oh, oh uh, no, he was in a. He was in. Well, he's been in a lot of things. He, but he, he was, was in, in Strange um, New Star Wars. 
was it Strange New Worlds? He was in there. He was the guy at the end uh, in the medical uh, tent that was helping yeah. everyone. The older guy it was him. Yeah, he's Star yeah. Trek uh, royalty. Clint Howard, yeah, Clint Howard's been in a bunch of bit parts yeah. in Star Trek, and he's been in Star Wars, and he's been in lots of other things. And uh, his brother, Ron Howard, has written a, even if it was only a small part, has written him at least a small part in every movie he's ever done. So Clint Howard has been in every single movie. His brother, you, you just watch the movies, you'll miss him sometimes, but he is always, you know, in the movies. That's but this cool. is when, technically when he first acted Clint Howard when he was seven years old. Of course, the voice was not Clint. He, he was seven years old. <laughs> so they dubbed in the voice. But I thought that was great. I, that was the one thing that really I really liked about the episode. When I saw that, I was just going like, oh, and it was perfect because it made sense. And then when they grabbed him and she knew it was a puppet because she's thinking back to the original, right? She's going like, oh, it's a puppet. And then you find out that he's not a puppet and he's a real alien. <laughs> it was perfect. Shaking him about so, like a ragdoll. <laughs> Right, so now we know that that going all the way back to the Cobra maneuver, that apparently that this alien decided to make a puppet after a real alien, whereas yeah. we thought it was just a puppet the whole time. So that was pretty funny. You essentially answered good. my question, Gray. Why they look like the the aliens from the cage? Do you recall the alien's name from the yeah. cage? I don't. Uh, uh, I think I can't remember now. Thelosians? I'm not sure. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, um, they they do look like them, and as Grace said, it was a stereotype of back then. Everyone alien yeah. look big heads or and or green, and uh, thankfully now the makeup department managed managed to do a good job of Star Trek aliens going forwards to make them look a lot more believable. I guess, yeah. whereas yeah. someone like Star Wars just makes them look absolutely batshit crazy. Star Wars aliens, I'm like, nah, I'm sorry. That's why that's fantasy and we've got science fiction over here because that's slightly more believable. And most human beings, or most aliens are bipedal and have got some resemblance to human beings. Makes sense. Anyway, sorry, I'm so, on a serious tangent now. <laughs> so, no, it's okay because to be honest, the first time I saw that episode, I was like, what? I was like 10 years old. And when that alien came on the screen, it, he was scary. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. Going, they he's got these job. weird-looking eyes. It didn't look like, you know, it was just like, ooh, this guy's like creepsville. They were like beady you know, eyes, yeah. They're, they're, oh, they're, I think back, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's horrible, man. Freaky. Yeah, the one the one in the TOS is even is definitely much more creepier. Oh, 100%. No, the that's, that's the one I meant. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've done such a good job, considering that's back in the 60s, and the prosthetics and... And and makeup and all that was not as good back then. They done a cracking job. Um, yeah, not 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 like the Gorn that they did later. <laughs> Even though I did enjoy the episode, that was when ridiculous. I saw it. Amount, they, they could do a good job in makeup. They must have ran out of money, man. That was pathetic. Even by they had, that the, they had the suit. They had the suit fine from the neck down, but when it came from the neck up, the, yeah, that wasn't working. <laughs> uh, yeah, so back on the storm planet. Uh, mm -hmm. there is a big fight between all the captured alien species it's like an alien species WWE Royal Rumble right with the winner, <laughs> going, to, with the winner going to Wrestlemania naturally yeah. uh, instead of fighting surprisingly I thought Mariner when she rocked up with the Klingon is going to get involved in this Royal Rumble and secure her entry at Wrestlemania but no she didn't she uses her diplomatic skills surprise we forget she actually yeah. has them she has her mother's daughter um, to talk them down. The usual, we've got more in common than we don't have in common, and blah, 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 and Starfleet this, you know, the usual. Yeah. Um, and it kind of works, 
she wants them to work together and she refuses right. to fight uh most of them are agreeing to work together um but i can't remember who 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 goes for her in the end i can't remember what alien species it was that goes for her but someone tries to kill her and goes that nah, i'm not working with you uh however just in time tendy appears that's uh, the ryan yeah uh, Tendi yeah, appears right. and stops the Ryan from killing Mariner because remember she's some big high hygiene important person right. back on uh, on her home planet and she goes stop unless the Ryan is just like yeah sorry boss they're yeah. going like high, high priestess of the blah 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 yeah, blah blah I didn't realize like, who you yeah. were and, yeah sorry no problem um, so Tendi the dark horse more and more about her uh, surprises me as we go on actually such a quiet yeah. bubbly sweet character it's a badass really um so she has to be she has to be <laughs> uh then all of a sudden mariner is actually transported off the planet we don't know that at the time but she's teleported she's transported boom gone um it's it's the same beam effect that's been beaming up all those other ships prior as well so right uh i put phillips here i meant to say phillips phillips low but no don't don't change it no no never never do that um no billups was the the guy the whole time that it turns out that was in that uh weird outfit with a kind of helmet and made it make Bounty it Hunter, sound uh, like bream yeah. but yeah. it wasn't bream i takes it off i'm like Shit, i didn't see that coming it's billups what that guy but i here thought we that go. was great just simple yeah. costume he walks in walks out it's but this is the whole point of this is the good point we're going to bring up here why initially that whole point with uh them trying to get into the nightclub and get information and they're not getting it and it seemed like there were amateurs at that great and i was thinking something's yeah. not right and or it's dull it's bad writing however here's the smart part the reason he done that is because freeman is trying to prove that a lot of alien species have a bias against Starfleet and she uses that bias against them by blatantly keeping the uniforms on as a distraction and to call out their bias while Billups in this alien outfit goes waltzing in with the cash to get the information from the broker. And she's right. proven right. So that was that was thinking that's cool. That's smart. Well done. She was smart. Yeah. Smart. She's a smart cook. Good thing. Good thing there was no cartoon logic right there. It all made sense. It was, it <laughs> it was, was like normal real logic. logic. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, I did like that. Well done, writers, for that one, because otherwise I was calling you out for sure. Um, so, the going to and fro, back in the storm planet, um, the bird of prey that's been floating about right nearby, um, this detects the, the distress call from this uh, place that, that all the aliens have met up in uh, from this relay station and wants to put the kibosh on it because, as we find out later, Grey, they're in cahoots with this ship that's beaming everything up. That's why they're around. Um, right. And it blows up the monitoring station. But then this is where, this, is, this isn't even carton logic, this is batshit crazy. And I want Gray's opinion <laughs> on this as well when I get to the end of this part. But the alien cohort, they jump on, they jump the ship, literally jump the ship. It's in a kind of canyon thing, you know, the, the bird of prey. Um, right. And they all jump from a ravine type thing onto the top of the bird of prey. And then 
they start literally putting their hands into little seams in the hull plating and actually lifting up bits of the hull. And I'm like, I'm thinking, Gray, when did Star Trek and the Avengers with the Hulk ever do a crossover? <laughs> exactly. What the hell? Is that they, cartoon they logic? Could have, they, I, apparently, a cartoon logic strikes once again. They could have at least had a character that was, you know, Super like the strong. Hulk or yeah. strong or yeah. whatever, but yeah. they, they, they didn't. In fact, I think there was more than one of them that were peeling it, and I'm like, what What are they, all Hulks now? I couldn't do that with my strength with normal metal in this day and age. Nowhere near it. So think of the alloys and the transpar- transparent uh, aluminum, as they call it I, later I, I on. Could, I, I could do it. You know, the aluminum rolls, and I could peel those back. <laughs> I'm sure you do for your, for your sandwiches all the time. Um, yeah. But this is batshit crazy. I'm sorry. That's just nah, 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 nah. Some some common sense guys. Come on. Uh, <laughs> Gray's Gray mentions it's gone wacko at this point. Yeah, it really, yeah, really has. Definitely. It's too far fetched. Um, but anyway, I I'm saying the bird of prey is old. It's an old ship, but I didn't know it was that weak. Yeah, clearly. Yeah, it's had to be really old. It handles space just <laughs> fine, but a bunch of angry aliens trying to get in. No problem. Uh, so they get in through the top. So, <laughs> quick, get to... Yeah, through the top. <laughs> through the it was top, even naturally. crazier. You're just you're peeling it back. and they're Right just into the bridge. The... Right into the bridge. Yeah, into the bridge, of Convenient. course. That makes all... Yeah. <laughs> and obviously the Klingon captain's... a small bit of logic here. Quick take us to orbit, let's suffocate the SOBs, right? Okay, that makes sense. But sure. the gang quickly subdue the crew and take control of the ship. Right, okay. Fair enough. Um, Freeman, back with Freeman. Uh, Freeman call find the schematics on that random ship uh, as they enter where they finally think Locarno's holding up. Locarno's not right. there though, right? As we'll find out. But we do find out where he is. Mariner wakes up from her, her beamage, her beam up, her beamage, uh, really? and she's on the random alien ship, right? And she wakes up, she's looking about, and she says, what on the minimalistic hell? <laughs> and she's kind of right, because it's literally, there's next to nothing in this room that is very minimal. I found that slight... I, yeah, I think they had, like, one up. table, and there's, like, no walls, no shelves. Yeah, one nothing. little flower vase thing, yeah. that's it. Um... Yeah, so she's literally about to walk out the, the door to this room here and she's confronted with someone and that someone is Locarno. She recognises him. He recognises her. Uh, and she's like, what the hell, Locarno? Or what the hell, Nick? And then he says, we're going to cause some trouble together. So I'm thinking he knows what she's like and she's the perfect partner in crime for whatever plans he's got because she's batshit crazy and wants to kill herself. But she, he doesn't know she's calmed down since this episode a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see where we're going. But I touched on this before, Gray. I mentioned it to you before. Mm-hmm. Unless the finale has something amazing with Ricardo's plan, then it's just going to be a letdown for me. I mean, to me, it's it's already a letdown. So... They're gonna have to come up with something really good, and I don't. I know the Borg how. for once. Please leave them alone. Not the Borg, right? So I don't know. I have no idea. I just got this funny feeling they're gonna be throwing more cartoon logic all over the place than the last uh, one, and you'll be going like scratching your head, going like, "What? Say what? We'll yeah. see. Yeah, man. We'll I see. Know, I know. I know. So with that, what did you give this a score out of ten, and, and why? 
I mean, I gave it a seven out of ten, which seems to be off the common that we give that one out. Um, that's and I'm only episode. That's why. Yeah, but the only reason I even was that kind is because I like the throwback, the throwbacks, especially Baylock and Corbett maneuver and stuff. Yeah. Um, and there was a couple of other redeeming things about it, so I went ahead and did that. But that's about as far as I'm going to go being kind, because if I think, I think if some of that wasn't in there, I might have gone six. You know, but because some of that was in there and it was decent, I kind of figures all right seven's cool that's a good you know. point that's a good point Great. and 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 like we both have been complaining for a while now even though there was some funny stuff in it it was more of the Wasn't chuckle kind of funny, funny yeah. again yeah and you can't just go a whole episode of lower decks going uh uh, uh, uh. Yeah, i mean there's got to be something funny i want laugh out loud moments and i used to get that with lord decks right you know right um, we're getting far fewer of that now which is yeah. like crazy so I'm the same as Gray. I gave it a seven out of ten, and I was considering giving it less, like a six and a half or a six. But I'm, I was being generous too. Um, I literally say, and I'm going to literally just quote exactly what I, I wrote down. I don't know. I don't know what to say here. Really, it's another okay episode, and it wasn't that funny. I sorry if that sounds a bit minimalistic, Kel, but it kind of literally hits the, the nail on the head. It was, yeah, I don't know what else to mention there. It was just a bit, meh, okay. And that's kind of a shame. I want it to be better. Um, even if the like, the finale is great, it's still, you mm-hmm. know, the, the amount of average or poor episodes this season have given the season an overall lower average grade because of yeah. the poor meteorography we've had beforehand. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll have to uh, if we if we end up doing a special, which I think we could we should try to do, we'll go back on some of these episodes and see what, what ratings we gave. But yeah, overall, I mean, it's four seasons in, one episode left, and really all I can say is for the four seasons is seven out of ten. I mean, on average, and I mean, I can't really go any higher. It, it, you know, it, you have your redeeming episodes, but there's also some episodes that are just eh. And then yeah. there's some bad ones, you know, as well. So you, so overall, so far, I would just give the complete run from one through four uh, seasons seven at best. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, but before we head off, just to mention as well, um, we yesterday was it yesterday? No, two days ago, recorded uh, a new episode of uh, Grace Podcast GGR. Grace Green, Grace Green Room. Room. Yeah, yeah, we're back. Uh, we had a lot to talk about, and it was a good chat, stroke, complaint, stroke, uh, chuckle throughout the, the two hours. Um, and Gray will be getting that out very shortly, so keep an eye on that, please. You can get Gray's Green Room, of course, on YouTube and on the podcast the platforms as there. well. Or you can use the link below as well. Yeah, that works as well. Well, actually, no, there is a link for next one, not for yours, because eh, I'll probably I'll, I'll tweak that, change that. But yeah, so... Um, yeah, please give that a listen as well because it's all entertainment stuff, Marvel, DC, sci-fi, current movies as well, not all just sci-fi stuff. Um, and, and we don't use cartoon logic. We don't use cartoon logic. <laughs> we just use logic, logic. Um, and yeah, of course, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can get us on YouTube uh, podcasts and platforms and vice versa as well. Uh, and last but not least, if you want to come and join our Discord which covers a lot of stuff, including uh, the Trekway conversations we have, including Grey's Green Room for entertainment uh, stuff, TV, movie, um, or gaming, because we do a gaming podcast with our friend Nick, then there is a link below for his Discord and his YouTube 
extremepc.co.uk. So with that, uh, thank you for tuning in, people. We'll see you next week for finale. And for now, do your thing, Mr. Gray. Live long and prosper, everybody. Bye. Bye.